can't do this alone. No, I'm not insulting your capabilities. I'm being real with you because I don't want you to be held back by the glass ceiling created by ignoring the people side of your business. I've been in the trenches helping entrepreneurs navigate all those, oh shit, I'm the boss now moments. You know, the ones where you realize you're the one in charge, you're the adult in the room, but you're not in this alone. I hope the show convinces you of the dormant power of your team. Welcome to the podcast free of stuffy corporate jargon. After all, your business doesn't come with the bullshit red tape of a Fortune 500 company. Here, you'll be encouraged and motivated to test, try, fail, and fix fast. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you'll feel seen and heard. Most importantly, you'll walk away with the tools you need to pour into your team and build a thriving culture that opens up the door to the scale your business deserves. Hey everyone, welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now, I'm your host Jackie Koch, and today I'm diving into some of the metrics you should track to measure the effectiveness of the HR side of your business, the people side of the business. And this has been a area that I have had to do a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of work on, but it is something that can be a little tricky, I guess. Um, when you are in, you know, the, the HR side of your business is often very you know, touchy, well, touchy feelings, maybe not the right way to put it. Uh, that is not the HR side of your business. Um, it's just like emotional. There's not a lot of data often that can be used to track, or at least that's what a lot of people say. And over the years, I have really figured out some of the core metrics that I think are really valuable. You know, if you were to to Google it, a bunch of them would come up and you could have a laundry list of metrics that are helpful, bunch of metrics, I should say, and not all of them are going to be helpful. And it really depends on your business and the industry that you're in. And so I'm going to go over some of the, the categories that I think are the most important and then some of the metrics and also share some, some baseline averages or targets that you should aim for to try to get your metrics to, to have a healthy um, team and a, and a healthy um, HR side of the business. So when you break it down, there's really a handful of areas. And so one is hiring, one is employee engagement or employee happiness, so to speak. Um, then there's operational efficiency there's turnover and retention, which are are really kind of the different but similar. And then there's also brand reputation, which we've had a lot of episodes or a handful of episodes about why your employer brand matters. And there's ways to measure that actually. So I'm going to dig into what these are. And it's important if you're a, a business that is hiring people you're investing a lot of money into these people. There's a lot of resources being spent on this side of the business. And so tracking it would be, I mean, you would track anything that you're spending a lot of money in your business. You want to track to see if you're getting a return on investment and if it's going well. And it's always so shocking to me how businesses aren't really tracking it or they think they're too small or too early that they matter. And while I do think trends over time are what you need to track, so like if you do some of these 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 uh, calculations and you're like, oh 
shit, this is bad. Like make incremental steps over time, but you don't know until you're starting to track it. And so um, incremental over time, like historical, tracking it for a year, for two years, for five years is really where you're going to start to see where these are starting to, to have an impact. I'm not going to start with hiring yet because as a small business, you might not be doing significant amounts of hiring where that matters quite as much or recruiting, I guess, is really what those metrics are. But the the ones that really do matter are turnover and retention. So retention is one thing. So how how long do employees stay at your business? right? That is what retention is. The length of time, the average length of time somebody stays at your organization. And I would say if you are, how do I want to say this? It depends on your business on what the the normal is going to be. I work with a lot of high growth startups. And a lot of times um, that, you know, CEOs are, they want someone who's going to be with us for five years. And the reality is, is you you might not actually want that because a little bit of who is really good at your business when you're a $10 million business and may not be the same person who's going to be a really good fit in that role when you're a $50 million business. It's just a different skill set. It's different demands. That person may be able to grow with you through that and it's oftentimes that that person isn't and that's okay. And so for retention, you really want to think about the industry that you're in, what are average retention, you know, in that industry, and how fast is your company growing? And so I think a healthy retention um, duration is between 18 months to two years. If somebody stays with your business for 18 months to two years, that's a really good number. They're able to get a lot of stuff done during that time, make significant um, progress in for your business and have an impact. And two years actually is a fairly long time. And so when you're looking at, this also goes back to this whole concept of job hoppers. I hear a lot of times, oh, that person doesn't stay at a job. Well, sometimes that's a good thing, right? Like I think two, three years at any company is a good amount of time, especially if they're at a company that has drastically changed in two years. If it's gone from 10 people to 50 people, if it's gone from 50 to 500, I've been there. Think about how much that business changes during that time period. Like that is a significant amount of time to be somewhere at a company that changes that much and to like grow and scale and 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 move with it. Now, if it's a company that stayed at five people and they, you know, or they've been at very small businesses or even large businesses and they don't stay more than six months, that's a red flag. Anyways, I feel like I'm going on a tangent here. Um, a good average tenure is, you know, one and a half to two years. High amounts of tenure for everyone isn't always doesn't always indicate a ton of success. You want there to be a you want there to be new new ideas, new people um, coming into your business, and so having everybody who's been at your company for ten years may or may not be a good idea for your business. Maybe you're missing out on new energy, new ideas, new workflow, um, because you haven't, you know, had any new people join your team. So it's a number that you should become familiar with and just 
analyze it to determine, is this good for me? Is this, is this a good, um, indicator of a healthy business for me? And that's going to really depend on what your business is, but it's a number you should look at. So basically to calculate it, you are going to take the, an employee start date to the current date, calculate what that number is, average that, you know, um, length of 10 of, um, employment, um, across your whole team to get that average number. Hopefully that made sense. What retention also does, I'm going to go back to to retention and what tenure means, is it also can help be an indicator of like, are we growing our people? Are are they moving into new roles? Are they learning? Are they staying with the organization and experiencing growth from that? Okay. Turnover, on the other hand, is a taking a time period, a timestamp, taking your total headcount and then of that total headcount, how many people have left to get a percentage of turnover? This becomes a very critical uh, metric to track as you're getting bigger um, because then you can also start to track it not only from the overall company, but you can also start to track it from individual departments to see if there's any departments that are having significantly more turnover than others, that could be a flag that systemically there's something wrong. Maybe it's a leadership. Maybe it's the way the process, like there's workflows and processes and, and strategy misalignment in a department. And so tracking turnover as a company as a whole and as departments can be really, really good indicators. Now, you're not going to want to freak out if that number seems very, very high, you want to track it over time. So I like doing this quarterly um, and annually really is how I typically look at it. I don't run it every month, but quarterly and then annually, you really want to target having um, turnover be, you know, 15% would be ideal. Now you might be in a, in a business where you have a lot of hourly staff members and turnover is higher. Um, you'll want to look up your industry to to find out what average turnover rate is, but really trying to get that to be 15%, 20% um, is what the goal should be. Anything over 50% is an indicator that there's a problem. Either you're not hiring right people, you you, you are not training them and onboarding them well, you are not creating a culture that they want to be a part of. Those are all indicators. Um, So average turnover. um, And then you can even break turnover down more into new employee turnover. So you can calculate of the new hires that started within this time period, a quarter, a year, how many are still with us six months later? And if that number is very, very high, that gives you an indicator that your hiring process is not well <laughs> or not good. Your onboarding process is not needs some work. You maybe are not hi- hiring the right roles. Maybe, maybe it's even like, maybe the problem is even before you go out to hire that you have not scoped out the right job that you actually need. So no wonder why you can't find the right person or they don't stay. Um, maybe it's a manager issue. Like those are, there. there's a lot of things that could factor into why something might not be going well, whether it's a new hire or regular turnover. But if you're not tracking it against 
norms of the the rest of the business and your industry and over time, you're not going to really notice it. You might be like, oh yeah, it seems like a lot of people leave. And then when you actually put numbers to it, you're like, oh, this is like a really, really big, big issue in this team and this department. Um, And it can be uncomfortable and not fun to know this stuff, but you're investing so much money into, I think it, I want to say, we we see it actually, I don't even have to say, I want to say it. We see it. When times get tough, what happens? You cut headcount because it's the highest cost. So you're spending so much money of your business into who you hire. You should be tracking these metrics to make sure you're doing a good job and be very open to looking at these numbers and being like, oof, something isn't going well in the business. I might not be doing a great job at XYZ. Doesn't mean you're a bad leader or you're a bad person, but you got to fix some stuff, right? So turnover is one and then retention is one. Then there is employee engagement, happiness, whatever. Some people argue that happiness and engagement are different things. I think if you're a small business, you just want to get employee sentiment, right? You want to see how they're feeling about their job, whatever you want to call that. And so that's doing an internal um, survey, an engagement score. And there's super simple ways to do this if you're a small business. You can literally just set up a monthly reoccurring survey to go out to your team. If you're a small team, they're probably going to know it's not completely anonymous, but the more you ask the questions and the more that you um, actually like reflect on them and do something about it, the more people are going to be willing to give their feedback. And so I suggest that you ask questions that have one question is, I would recommend this place as a place to work. I would recommend people principles as my business, my consulting business. So on a scale of one to 10, I would recommend people principles as a great place to work. And then there would be a ranking between one and 10. And I would track that number over time. So you could either set it up as a NPS, which if you're not familiar with what that is, essentially any any score of one through five, I believe it is, is what's considered a detractor. So it takes away from the score. And then eight, nine, or 10 are attractors. So they add to the score. And then, or I guess it's nine and 10 add to the score. And then um, I think it's five, six, seven, maybe it's eight through 10. Uh, you'll look it up, you'll get it. But NPS score, essentially there's a middle ground, let's call it five to eight for sake of this. Those do nothing. So if 80% of your company is listing you as a six, it really doesn't matter. They're like, meh, I could take it or leave it. You want to have, a, you want to take notice of the detractors, the people who are unhappy and the people who are happy and measure those. So that's why they have an NPS. Um, so you could do it that way. Or you could just um, you could just like do one through ten and take the average number and track that over time. Um, it really doesn't matter quite as much, to be honest, as actually asking the question and tracking it. Um, and so, I have a really simple five question survey that you could start asking your team every single month, and um, depending on the team, you may want to ask. How effective are, are 
are <laughs> planning and execution processes and systems or like how effective are um, the workflows that we have in our business? You know, you're trying to get a measure of like, do they feel like the way they're working is effective or can is there room for improvement? And rate that on a scale of one to 10. Another question, especially if you're a remote culture where you need people who can like take action and do stuff is how much autonomy and ownership do you feel like you have over your own work? Have them rate that. Um, how much input do you feel like you have on decisions? How happy are you with how we manage tasks and workloads? And then ask the question, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate, you know, XYZ company as a place to work? You could also ask um, on a scale of one to 10, how supported do you feel by leadership? Um, how connected do you feel to the team? You get the gist. Like, just come up with like five questions that you ask every single month so you can track it over time. And then you can, depending on your culture, you could either share that with the whole team. You could keep it private. What, you know, it's up to you. I think the more transparent, the more, the better. Um, but that's me. Not everyone thinks that way. Um, so, that's employee happiness and in, in, in engagement survey and tracking that over time and doing quick little pulses. You might hear big corporations doing, oh, we're doing our employee survey and it's 45 questions once a year. I personally think that is not very helpful. I think tracking more tracking smaller amounts of information more frequently gives you more touch points, right? Essentially what you're doing is you're tracking a point in time. An employee, the day that they get this survey, they may be pissed off about something. And so one, you know, they're going to like, oh, that is going to be a filter in which they answer all of those questions. Um, and then the next month you might catch them on a good day. And guess what? That's going to be a filter in which they answer the questions. If you're only asking it once a year, the likelihood of, of, of getting an honest account is kind of low because you're only giving them one time to answer the question. And if you're asking them 45 questions, nobody wants to sit down and write a 45 minute, like answer 45 questions. So by the end, they don't care. They're just like checking off the box. So do three to five frequently, and it's going to be way, way, way more impactful and helpful in your business. Okay. Whew, that was a good one. So that is engagement. Another thing you can do is on that engagement survey, I guess, if you want to kind of tie retention and turnover into that, you could ask a pulse question on that and you could say, and maybe this is just once a quarter, you add this question to it, these two, I rarely think about looking for another job and I see myself still working here in two years. You can start to track those over time and maybe you ask those quarterly instead of monthly, but that's a way to get an idea of how people are feeling before they leave. Um, and you could add that to the question. So it's not technically a turnover metric, but it is a indicator that there may be turnover coming soon or not coming, right? So adding those to your surveys could be very, very helpful. The next section is a brand reputation section that you want to look at. And I know that we've talked about that. Actually, I don't think I talked about that yet on the show. Um, but we've talked about why employer brand is so important on the show. A lot of different things. And so it's a little bit of a tricky thing to, to track. But one thing is Glassdoor. Love it. Hate it. 
I have very mixed feelings about it. I think it's like Yelp where you don't you only leave reviews if it, if you have a shitty experience. So I don't know that it's a, a true indicator of what it's like to work somewhere. Plus, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't know that like if you are an employee looking for a job, take Glassdoor reviews with a grain of salt. Some of them are accurate, some of them are not. Um, but it is something that you want to you kind of want to manage and know about. So Check your glass door review. See if um, you have a page. If you don't, create a page. You don't have to write your own reviews, but start to like own that part of your business. And if there is a, uh, so basically, glass door is a place where employees can rate their employer, either current or former employers, and it's anonymous. So they can go and give you a score, and then also give you a review. Um, and I, the average glass door review is 3.4 stars. I think it's under stars. Um, great companies have like 4.5 and above, um, or great companies. I say that in air quotes, <clears throat> Google that just laid off a bunch of people, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so it like take it with a grain of salt, but start to track that. There's other things as well. Like there's one called comparably, which I, really hate, sorry, comparably if you're listening to this, but the reality is people use it, right? So whether or not they're helpful or not, you got to take a little bit of a understanding that they exist. Um, so look at your Glassdoor review. I'm going to do a whole podcast episode actually on what to do, how to manage your Glassdoor reviews and what like strategies you can do. Um, I don't think that you should go and beg everyone to leave a review, um, but I do think there's a cadence in which you can be like, hey, uh, you can ask people to do it in a way that isn't like forcing people to do it. Um, it, when you're having a heavy recruiting season, one thing you can do is say, Hey, we're recruiting for a lot of jobs. And one of the ways in which we get like candidates matter, or one of the things that really impacts if people decide to join us or not is our glass doors reviews. And we know that you forget to leave reviews. So if you could go leave a review if you feel inclined. It really will help us leave a positive experience or I guess leave a truthful experience is what I meant to say. Um, you know, don't say, make sure it's a good one. You want people leaving honest recounts so that as candidates are reviewing the Glassdoor reviews, they know what it's like to work there. So asking them to leave an honest um, review of the good and the challenging and writing it from a candidate's perspective of like, what should I know as a candidate before I come work here that would help me be successful is going to help us attract more talent. So um, asking people to do that periodically is is good, but, you know, pinging people and being like, hey, go leave us a glass door review isn't always the best, um, the best method. And I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on my opinions on how you can create a glass door um, strategy because that is a meaty topic. Um, so part of brand reputation is those review sites, right? Part of um, brand reputation you're already asking is I would recommend my company as a place to work. That's a that's a metric to track, you know, your reputation within your current employees. Um, and you want that to be 80% would be ideal. Um, and then you could also ask, I'm proud to work here. I think that's a great one as well. Um, ask that periodically or every month. I think that's a really great question. Um, and having that be a target of 80% or higher is huge. 
that's the biggest stuff for brand reputation, to be honest. I don't think there's much more there. Um, and then hiring. So if you're doing heavy hiring, this stuff does matter. If you're just hiring a couple people here and there, I don't th- know that you have to put a ton of weight into your hiring metrics. The, all the other ones that I just shared, yes. But if you're adding five, 10 people, I don't know, every quarter, um, even, I mean, 10 people a year is a lot. So um, you're going to want to get clear on how you're doing at recruiting. And a couple of those metrics are cost, like the time to hire from the date that you have, that you have a job that's open and it's posted, how long does it take to have that person start? You would love to have that under 60 days. That is a target. Um, It ebbs and flows with the job market, but um, making sure you're tracking that. And I would also check um, like key roles, you know, like roles that you absolutely need to fill. How long does it take to do that? And ideally that's less than 60 days. That might feel like a lot of time to you, but that's actually the reality of how long it can take to hire um, in a business. An offer close rate. Of the offers that you extend, how many are accepted? And that is going to give you an indicator of how competitive are your compensation plans and your offers. Um, well, it can be an indicator of a lot of things, but that's essential, one of the biggest ones. And then if, that, uh, if the cost to hire, well, if the offer to close rate is low, it could be a variety of things. I would imagine the most, the, the biggest thing is that you're not able to compete with your, your compensation. The other thing could be, or, or benefits. The other thing could be maybe the recruiters aren't doing, maybe you're not telling candidates ahead of time on what it is and really vetting that out and working through and being honest about what you can offer. Um, doing that as early as possible in the process is really critical. And you shouldn't decide what you're going to pay somebody solely based on what they ask for. Like, when you have an open job, you should get clear around what your target salary range is and where you can flex to so that your recruiting team or you have an ability to like have that conversation with somebody. You shouldn't just like, oh, I don't know. We'll see what people want and then we'll decide what we pay them. That's a really shitty approach and not helpful. So don't do that approach. Get clear on what you can pay before you start talking to people. You could go as far as to be like the number of applications you get for every open job, you know, how many interviews do you, like of the initial phone screens you do, how many people do you pass on? Like you can actually get down and dirty and and track like the pipeline metrics. I don't think you need to do that as a small business. If you have a big recruiting organization, you might want to do that because then you can kind of see where in your pipeline the hangup is. But I don't think as a small business owner, you have to focus too much on that. I would really just focus on um, time to hire, offer close rate. And then um, I would also add a new hire NPS score. So of your new hires, um, implement a 30, 60, 90 day check-in and review process. Um, and at those metrics, ask them, um, you know, is like, how happy are you that you joined the organization on a scale of one to 10? 
what um, do you feel like you've had a great onboarding? You could like come up with three or four questions to ask everybody um, at all of your new hires at the 30, 60, 90 day mark to get an idea of where that's at and then track that over time. Um, so those are the key areas of the business that you can track and some ideas of how to start tracking it. Again, as a small business, I would track um, turnover and retention. I would, you should start tracking engagement and happiness, brand reputation. And then if you are doing a lot of hiring, um, you know, hiring metrics, and you should always track new hire onboarding metrics as well. By tracking those, you're going to make sure that you have an effective people organization and you're going to identify the things that you might need to firm up or things that you need to standardize. And it's just going to help you really retain and keep your best team members. So feel like I was a little bit all over the place on that episode, but I'm hoping you got some nuggets on the metrics. Um, I've definitely become a lot more metrics driven as the years go on and the new technologies exist to make it easier. Um, Implementing a, um, I should take a time to say like implementing a payroll provider that can help track some of these metrics is critical. Um, Gusto does that. You know, there's a bunch of other ones that can do that. Um, Applicant tracking systems like Workable can help you track recruiting metrics. Like there are things that you can do. And then you can get, you know, a survey monkey and send out your employee engagement surveys. So thanks for tuning in. Hopefully helpful. And I will chat with you very soon. I hope you all have a wonderful day. If you're over there wondering, oh shit, I don't know where to start with building a team or how to hire. I've got you covered. I created a course specifically so you can learn everything I've learned and continue to invest time in improving about setting up your hiring machine. You can enroll and start today at hiringschool.com. P.S. This is the process leading startups are using to scale their teams and we're teaching it to you. 